Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey, guys, and welcome back to the Women in Influencer Marketing podcast. My name is Jesse Grossman, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. If I sound a little hoarse or a little out of breath, apologies, I'm like getting over a cold. I got sick Thanksgiving night, and now I'm miraculously like mostly better, definitely on the up and up, just in time to get back to work. Lovely. So we have a such a good guest for you guys today. Her name is Taylor Kaplan, and she works at an awesome company called Klarna. So more on her in a sec because, girl, we have so much going on here at WIM. It's the end of the year, and I need to make sure to get all these announcements out to you guys. First of all, though, I do hope that you guys had a lovely Thanksgiving. I hope that you guys got to enjoy like time off, time away, and time hopefully with family or friends. Also, because it's the end of the year and it's the craziest time of the year, this is your friendly whim reminder. Please make sure that you go to bed at a reasonable hour. (laughs) You are not working insane hours. You take a lunch or a walk away from your computer and take breaks, like walk around. I know that it's crazy and there's a million reasons to like plow through your work, but please prioritize your mental health and please prioritize your physical health as well. We have such good events that I'm so excited I could finally announce. They've been in the making for quite a while. We have two events to announce today. So one is a virtual event, which is our 2023 State of the Union on December 20th. It's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got guests from TikTok, Hunter PR, Find Your Influence, and more. It's a panel. And then we have speed virtual networking after. It's going to be so good, you guys. And then our next event, we're already into 2023, which is so exciting with our next in real life event. Yes, we had our last one here in New York and it was so memorable. Our next one is in LA. January 10th, we are hosting our LA experience. So members always get a little extra love. In fact, from six to seven, we're having a members only experience. And then it's open to everyone from seven to nine. Members also get a huge discount. You guys only pay $10. Guests are 50. And registration is presently open just to members And it opens to all on the 5th of December. So again, the event itself is on January 10th in LA, in West Hollywood. And big thank you, huge thank you, in fact, to Shine Talent, who is like generously donating their beautiful home for this event. So exciting. And lastly, of my announcements, announcements, we have such a cool initiative going on. So for the entire month of December, for every $100 in merch that is sold, we are gifting one VIP level scholarship, which is worth $499, basically $500. (laughs) December is the busiest time of the year for our merch sales. And we really wanted to give back. 
So we want to encourage you to check out our merch. Of course, we've got such good things, guys, from hoodies to t-shirts to mugs and cell phone cases. We have laptop cases, such good gifts. And I know that a lot of people jump in whim and they're like, what are you guys gifting people for the holidays? Gift them merch because not only will you get that awesome merch, which is such good conversation starter, but you're also giving back to the industry because we are matching every $100 donation with a VIP member scholarship. And if some of you guys are like, whoa, 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 you guys have scholarships? Yes, we have scholarships. Go check out our join page, scroll halfway through, and you'll see that you can apply for that scholarship if you can't afford one or your boss or company can't either. So all the links for everything. So all the links for everything will be linked below. And I'm excited for you guys to take part of everything. So Taylor Kaplan, she's been working in the influencer marketing industry since 2016. She's got a huge knowledge in all aspects of the industry. She began her career as an intern working at Isia, one of the leading influencer marketing platforms. And soon she transitioned to both influencer marketing campaign and client management at agencies such as Media Monks and North Six. She's taken her years of experience and landed at the company Klarna, which she's at today, where she spearheads new business development for their newly acquired creator platform. I know this is going to pique some of your interest. You're like, wait, Klarna has a creator platform? Yes, girl, they do. And it's so fascinating. So we talk all about that and more. And I hope you enjoy today's episode with Taylor. So I'm really happy to have you here today, Taylor. We've sort of like chit-chatted back and forth. And I was like, I really, really want to get you on the show. And for multiple reasons, I wanted like sort of get to know you better and like your history and in influencer marketing and social media. And then also just learn about like your awesome company and everything that you're doing there. But first and foremost, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. Life has been busy lately in the best way possible, I would say. I know we've been kind of chatting for, I feel like a couple of years, right? At this point. So uh, I've had some meetings, but excited to be on the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. So we've got like a few questions that I definitely have queued up. And I think a great place to start though, before we dive into, you know, the influencer marketing piece and everything about the industry, I always just like to know more about you. I would love to know more about like, what's your upbringing? And do you think that you were brought up to be like made perfectly for this industry? It's such an interesting question because I don't necessarily feel like anyone was like brought up to be in a specific industry unless you were like very much so groomed that way from like your parents being a CEO of a bigger company, which is not my case. I was born in New York and I lived in Jersey for a little bit as a kid, but for the most part, I grew up in Florida, but was a kid who always loved fashion and marketing and advertising. So much so that like I almost went to school for it in high school, specialty school, but ended up kind of changing my mind. But I would say like being from New York, like 
like that world of fashion and marketing has kind of always been in my blood, so to say. My parents do not work in this industry uh, at all. My dad works in the fish market industry. So like, I would say like, I very much so kind of forged this path myself. I, you know, dabbled in influencer marketing the first time just through an internship in college when I actually started working at Isaiah, uh, which I feel like most people know is that as influencer marketing agency and platform. So that was like kind of my toes in the water with the industry. I think that was, that was in 2016 when it was influencer marketing, I think was kind of blowing up at the time. And it was just my introduction to it. And I definitely was so enamored with the whole industry and just social media in general that I don't know, I just kind of felt a pull to it. And yeah, I dabbled in PR when I moved back to New York before college ended. I just like knew I needed to get back there and start working in marketing and PR. So that's exactly what I did. (laughs) I worked at a hair care company and then I was supposed to go back to Orlando to graduate school. And I decided there is no way I am leaving New York City. Like I want to continue my career. So that's kind of what I did. I've worked at a couple influencer marketing agencies since then. Uh, I worked at a denim company and now I've found myself at Clona. Awesome. And it's so cool because we're like both New Yorker, like Floridians. And I went to UCF. Wait, um, did you? Yeah. Yeah, Wait, I, I did. did. I did. Have this before? I don't think we did. And I was like, wait, did we talk about this before? That's why I was like, how do I bring this up? Yeah, I went to UCF. You also went to UCF, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I had no idea. Yeah, I did. What year did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in December of 2018. Okay. I'm a little older. I graduated in 09. But yeah, go nights. You said Orlando and you said Isaiah and going back to school. I was like, you either went to a small school in Orlando or you went to more than likely you went to UCF. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. Go Knights. I, I love that. Go. I feel like I don't meet like a lot of fellow Knights, you know, up here. <laughs> oh my God. I have so many other people, even an influencer marketing to introduce you to. Yeah. I was very surprised when I started meeting people at UCF. It's such a big school though, too. Yeah. I'll introduce you to more people. Yeah, please do. (laughs) I will. I will. I love that tie. And I think it's interesting that your parents weren't necessarily in the industry. And I don't think it's an accident that you're in it and sort of like paved your own way. Because I think we're an industry where having a lot of fortitude really helps you go a long way. Um, And sort of like paving your own way, naturally, it makes sense that you're someone with a lot of fortitude. So it's sort of, I see the tie. (laughs) It's funny though, because in college, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I would say. And I wasn't an advertising or marketing uh, major. I kind of jumped around different majors because I didn't really feel like a calling. I graduated as a web design major, actually, which is quite different from what I would I'm doing now but I kind of went into it being like okay you know what like I feel like at some point in my life I'm gonna end up needing like web design and graphic design skills so I don't regret doing that at all because now working on like the tech side I feel like it's definitely helped me but it is kind of interesting like we just never know what we're gonna end up doing when we're in college you don't and at least you're doing something sort of related I was a theater major at UCF I'm sure that you use a lot of the skills that you learned in web design like what kind of things do you feel like were transferable to what you do today Well, we have like a lot of product meetings um, at Clarina where we kind of talk about developing our platform and other things that we're working on. So 
when I was in college, we had to do a lot of like website design, like visual layouts and, you know, the consumer journey, like through click. So I think that's been something that's helped me a lot because I'm able to like get feedback and my input, like when we're in those design meetings for like the future of the platform, which honestly I find so exciting. I like kind of nerd out over it. So I think that's like the biggest way probably that it's helped me at the moment, at least. No, that's a big way. And I nerd out on so many things. So (laughs) I'm right there with you. Um, So speaking of nerding out, I think it's a really cool company that you are working at now. So Klarna, for those who don't know, I sort of like want to hear in your own words about like a little bit about how Klarna works and also why you think they now have a creator platform, which I find fascinating. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that Klarna is just like a bank, (laughs) which is like, I think the most common misconception. So while Klarna is of course like a global payments provider, but it's also a shopping service, of course. And I would say like, honestly, the biggest mission for the company is to like really help consumers, you know, save time while shopping, uh, you know, take control of their finances and being able to make, you know, informed decisions. Klarna works with like over 450,000 global retailers. So we have like a huge reach and of course have like, we have over 150 million uh, consumers on, you know, on a yearly basis. In the U.S., I think Klarna is most commonly known as like pay in four, the pay in 30 or the pay now options. It's actually like a really cool app and place where consumers can, you know, really discover new brands, find inspiration for shopping, and of course, like receive exclusive deals, track packages, make easy returns. Like I'm a huge fan of Klarna because I use it literally all the time to check out. But yeah, so that's kind of Klarna in a nutshell. But yeah, I understand your question as to like, why would a creator platform be the next step? I think it's kind of just like the natural next step as really like creating a place for consumers to search and discover, like I said, and for influencers to create content uh, and then retailers to promote that content with their products. That's kind of like where the platform enters the scene. The Klarna creator platform is what it is known as now, um, is actually a completely separate thing from the Klarna app, which I think a lot of people don't realize. And it's a platform really where, you know, it connects some of the world's leading brands and creators to really help them collaborate in a super smooth and efficient way when it comes to affiliate partnerships, product gifting, and really paid campaigns. I know kind of a mouthful. (laughs) No, it's awesome. It's so fascinating to hear because in my mind, like I see the word Klarna all the time when I check out of whatever I'm buying. And it's usually at like two in the morning when I shouldn't be buying anything right? (laughs) on whatever platform it is. And it's like, you know, use Klarna. And you're right. When I think of Klarna, first I think of like a, some sort of financial institution or a financial app in some way. And for me, when I used to work on partnerships a ton, when I was representing talent, anything that came our way in terms of partnership, that was some financial institution there was so much red tape. There was such a long approval process. Like it was one of those types of partnerships, right? And so I was really impressed when I heard that a financial institution, which just tends to be more slow moving because there is just more regulation and more kind of hoops you have to jump through, went out and like created this like creator platform and really just leaned into Mm -hmm. the world of 
digital marketing and influencers and all that stuff. So I think it's super cool. So like, let's talk about how the merchants interact with this creator platform. There are other platforms out there. And why do you think that merchants would really benefit from working with yours? Yeah, I think honestly, like one of the biggest like selling points of our platform is how transparent it, it is with data. And what I mean by that is that on our platform, you get access to so much data for each influencer to really be able to determine ROI and see the true selling power of a creator. Within the platform, you can see truly like the the average commission that they're offering. You can see their average order value that of each platform that they're posting on. You can see their conversion rate broken down by platform their best-selling price range, top products they've posted about. Uh, so it's just like a really transparent way to see an influencer's performance, both in average for all of the brands they link to and solely for the brands, their own brand and the brands that they're linking to. Aside from that, our platform also has a really robust creator search. So we have over 500,000 influencers that brands can search from. Uh, they have a really great messaging suite and a gifting suite. So brands can manage their end-to-end -end gifting programs. Our platform also has the ability to customize commission for specific influencers. So it's a really good way to, you know, really continue building those relationships uh, and tailoring commission based off of the relationship you have or to incentivize that relationship. And then there, the dashboard, you know, it gives you the ability to really track data in real time. It pulls in all of the content. So it really takes away the manual work you'll have to do as a brand to collect all that content and really kind of shows you what products are performing well for you across all channels and creators uh, and what products maybe aren't. So it's a really good, you know, way to manage your end-to-end -end influencer programs from all aspects. If there are influencers or talent managers who are tuning in right now and they're like, oh my God, like I have a influencer or a few who would love to work with Klarna, like how can they best interact with either the creator platform or just Klarna in general? Like how do they work with you guys? Yeah. So because our platform like operates as a separate entity than the app, uh, we actually like as a creator platform don't really rep Klarna, so to say. When we're doing paid campaigns, you know, we're not actually promoting Klarna within the campaigns. Our campaign team like just does the campaigns, um, you know, solely acting on behalf of the merchant. So, but as a creator, I guess I can kind of jump into like the benefits of the platform for creators. The whole platform is a great way for creators to connect with brands from all over the world. We have an amazing messaging tool where influencers can reach out to brands through that way. The application process is so easy for influencers to sign up. They're almost always accepted within 24 hours of, you know, applying. Within the platform, they're also able to get access to the best affiliate deal. They can easily request products from brands and kind of have their own relationships with brands within the platform. And of course, you know, try to work with brands on a flat fee campaign basis as well. There is also like a full insights section where creators can really understand how they're performing in terms of which brands are working with and all of the product links that they're posting about. So there's like an amazing dashboard that they can essentially understand, you know, how many clicks they generated, how much they're earning, what products are performing well for them and resonating with their audience, et cetera. So as a talent manager, I would really say like just easily have your creator sign up for the platform. You can go to our website uh, and sign up there. Or if you already are working with the brand, you can, of course, ask them if they already work on the Klarna Creator platform, as we do have a ton of merchants that you guys, of course, know that already work on it. And they have their own invitation links as well. But the sign up process is very simple. 
That's so cool. So it's like, it's so well beyond just only Klarna. It's like all of the merchants that you guys work with. And so it's a flat fee basis. You were telling me, but is there also like a bit of like an affiliate piece to it as well? So it is, I would say, primarily an affiliate platform. Brands have the opportunity, of course, to work with influencers on a flat fee basis, but it's more so an organic linking platform. So influencers can easily generate their own custom UTM links via our platform to any of the products that they want to earn commission on. And then they'll get whatever commission the brand is offering you know, for any sales or clicks, depending on what the brand is offering in terms of CBA or CPC. They can definitely earn commission. That's, I would say, the starting point for the platform. So cool. And there's definitely other platforms out there that have been like creator platforms with affiliate as a huge component of it. I almost feel like affiliate, especially on an influencer side, has sort of become like a dirty word. Like it's not necessarily positive. I personally, I disagree with that a lot because when you tell me that there's all these affiliate sales and I'm also assuming that there's all of the sales data that they can also extract from their participation in the affiliate component. And from that, then they can really like start to quantify what they can do for brands and agencies on behalf of brands. And I just think that's a powerful component to have in your like creator arsenal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, have there been any like interesting success stories or just like interesting partnerships that you've seen come from the creator platform that you think may have you know, been extra powerful because it was like an affiliate type partnership. I think, like you said, there is like such great power and being able to earn commission and work in an affiliate way, working with brands. And it's a huge, you know, power tool for creators to be able to say like, hey, I use this affiliate link and I generated XYZ in revenue. I think it's like a great way for them to say like, this is how I can negotiate my fees higher because look how much, you know, selling power that I bring or even like the opposite. Like maybe the influencers will be okay with accepting a lower fat fee because they have access to their insights and data and they can see that they are an amazing seller and that they can earn way more money with being offered commissions. So I think it's kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to affiliate marketing. And I think if, you know, influencers know their selling power and their worth, they can really use like that data to their advantage. Totally. Just like the more data you have, the more um, strength you have to be able to pitch yourself and justify, you know, your fee, justify just your participation in any partnership. So I hope that people sort of like flip the sentiment on that because similar to, I think what you feel like, I think it's a really powerful thing, you know? Yeah. I think it also comes with like, well, brands need to be offering like an actual competitive commission percentage. And I think that's the way to kind of change the narrative of the way people look at affiliate marketing, because obviously if you're only offering like two or three percentages, you know, maybe influencers are not going to be as inclined to post about your brand organically because they're not going to really earn anything. So I think it's like brands compensating their influencers fairly and offering a healthy commission in turn, then of course, you know, drives more traffic and sales in an organic way for both parties and makes more money for both the merchant and the creator. And honestly, that's kind of something I really love about our platform is that both the merchant and the creator get full insight into what products are performing best for them, the sales, the clicks, the orders, their conversion rate for each specific product that they've posted 
posted about. So it really gives them like a way to be informed about what's working for them, what's not, and then what type of products are, you know, generating them the most amount of money and traffic. I love that. I was going to ask you like what types of insights they have access to. So thank you for sharing that. I'm also curious, like transparently, what do you think is a healthy affiliate rate? I think it has to be above 10% in all honesty. I think anything under 10% influencers look at and they think, is that even worth my time? Of course, I think it depends on the brand and the price point of the products because you know, maybe 8% but you're, per commission percentage, but you're posting like a $1,000 product. That's a pretty healthy number if you got 8%. But I think for the majority of brands that are, you know, not in the luxury price point, I think 10% is like kind of the minimum you should be offering, in my opinion. No, I appreciate that. And are you sort of privy to like any of the content itself? Because sort of what I'm wondering is like, For those who maybe they've been doing affiliate marketing, but they haven't really had much success or there are others who are like, seems compelling and it seems like an additional bucket of revenue that I could incorporate into my business model as a content creator. Is there any advice that you would give a creator in terms of how to sell more effectively if you are selling in terms of like affiliate sales? Well, I think the number one, and I think most people would agree, is of course only posting links to product that you actually would purchase yourself, that you own, or that you would actually suggest. So I think first is kind of like a testing process, right? So test it with a handful of links to different brands and products, review the insight and see, okay, what type of products are performing well for me? And what type of products does my audience actually like? What are they clicking on? And I think based off that, like, you know, maybe it's a first month test that you're doing, then you can see, okay, this is the category of products that my followers like. And then that's what you can continue, of course, posting about in terms of linking. Obviously, you know, I would say don't chase the CPA percentage to begin with, as you want to understand the type of products that work best for you and your audience. But once you understand the type of products that, you know, you could excel at and make the most money on, I think then you can decide, you know, which brands are offering a more competitive uh, CPA or CPC, and then select your products based on, you know, of course, look and feel, but in terms of which one uh, you can make more money on. And what about platform? Because I can imagine from a creator's perspective, like not all platforms are created equally, especially when looking to convert people there in that moment, you know? So I don't know, I can imagine that like traditional bloggers, for example, like embedding affiliate links and some evergreen content that's going to be resurfaced time and time again upon like a Google search or Pinterest. These are when I think of like platforms where affiliate sales sort of go hand in hand. Those are some that I think of. But are there any others like, I don't know, how is TikTok with affiliate sales or like Instagram reels? I'd love to hear your thoughts on you know, platform specific best practices or just things that you've seen in terms of affiliate. I think that TikTok is a little tricky right now because obviously there's only one link that can be put in the bio. I think more frequently nowadays, people are, you know, kind of saying, go to my Instagram to see the links that I've published. 
from my experience, I've seen actually that like highlight reels for Instagram stories have been a really great form of like evergreen content. And I think that's something like a lot of our brands that we work with on a campaign basis, like they ask their creators to, you know, really have links put in highlight reels, because that's, again, another form of evergreen content that doesn't expire, of course, unless you delete it. And I also think YouTube videos are a great way to continue affiliate partnerships because those videos never expire. And they continue to gain traction, as we know, over time, similar to, you know, blog and webs as well. Yeah, just anywhere where you can stick in a link and have it sort of like find a life of its own time and time again. Like those evergreen platforms are so good and so helpful for that. So I'd love to talk a little bit more maybe about like trends. I think that, you know, trends are really interesting if you sort of deal with them strategically, right? Because jumping on a trend for the sake of doing that, it seems like a very short-term strategy. But I do think that there is a long-term play in observing what trends are out there. So I'm curious what trends you're seeing lately in influencer marketing and any in particular that you think are working well and then why? I kind of think the first trend is kind of something we've already slightly mentioned on is that that kind of line between affiliate and influencer marketing. I think one of the biggest trends is that that line is being blurred and offering permission to creators is becoming like a kind of a standard practice in influencer marketing because influencers want a piece of the pie and they want to, you know, earn the money uh, that they're generating for the brand. Um, I think that within this blur of these two kind of marketing streams coming together, it's really benefiting creators because obviously they're able to, you know, get more money. They're able to, you know, easily track their own performance, which also in turn helps the brand. The brands are able to negotiate like, you know, their fees a little bit lower because they're offering commission. And then creators are going to be starting to organically link to merchants more because, you know, they're going to be earning commission. So I think that's like one of the biggest trends that we've been seeing lately, specifically, you know, on what the merchants we're working with. I also think one of the biggest trends over the past couple of years has been, you know, shifting focus away from vanity metrics such as, you know, reach engagement and focusing really on performance metrics. I think in the past, you know, when influencer marketing first started, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of access to get insights like that. Um, So brands just relied more so on the reach and the impressions and the engagement. But those really aren't, you know, metrics that are able to prove ROI. And that's, I kind of think what's been the biggest shift now is that, you know, the best indicator of, you know, if your brand is working with the right influencer um, is if they're actually driving traffic and people are interested in the product that they're working on. So I think like measuring traffic is a bigger and a more you know important metric to be measuring at the moment. And yeah, I think just like I said, measuring ROI is becoming like the, the biggest trend at the moment. And I think it's like becoming very valuable for both brands and creators. Awesome. I think those are really valuable insights. Also, I want to flip it. We've done a lot of talking about influencers and like their strategies in terms of affiliate, especially. I also want to talk about brands because obviously that's the other side of the coin. And I think we often talk about what platforms influencers can thrive on, but we should talk also about brands. I'm curious for you, what are the platforms that brands you think can thrive on and what should they keep in mind when playing on each one? I mean, in my opinion, I still think that Instagram or TikTok are the two like largest players for brands at the moment. Obviously, TikTok being the more 
recent one, I would say. But I think it's like important for brands to remember like how to use each because they each can be used completely differently or should be used differently. For brands on Instagram, you know, this is more aspirational and curated content. It's about selling a lifestyle. And I still think it's just as impactful um, as it has been, if not more. Of course, you know, Instagram allows for engagement, whether that's polls or stickers. It's good for like immediate shopping with the storefronts, the live shopping, etc. And right now it's kind of being used to reach a little bit of an older demographic, which I hate to say, but I think I'm in the 25 and up is, you know, where Instagram is thriving on at the moment, where I think TikTok, super impactful for brands. And I think it's so important for all brands to have a present on TikTok, but should be used like very differently. So with TikTok, as we know, like raw, relatable is the key to being successful. And I think TikTok really humanizes brands. And I think on Instagram where, you know, it's very aspirational, TikTok is where you actually get to learn like the personality uh, behind the brands, um, which of course, you know, can be used to demonstrate products, educate the consumers, which is something, you know, through video content, we're able to see um, obviously, you have a larger chance of going viral on TikTok. You reach a younger audience. So in my experience, I think TikTok is definitely better for both influencer content and good for brand awareness. Whereas Instagram, like I said, is definitely more of a shopping platform at the moment. Yeah. There's so much possibility on a platform like TikTok, but I do wonder what brands actually feel like being on there. I admire those brands who certainly have like hired influencers on TikTok and I see that more and more, but I'm seeing more and more brands go on there. Um, But it's definitely less common for them to dip a toe in versus being like, yeah, yeah, you influencer, like you do your thing and I'll pay you and you talk about us. But I think you're right. I think there's like a really big opportunity there for them to tell their story and to get their personality out there. And I think that there's a ton of value in that. But I'm sort of intrigued to see like, how over time Instagram and TikTok will start to differentiate themselves because they've been sort of like on their coattails of TikTok since Mm -hmm. they started to become a thing. And it makes sense in a certain way. But I also just fundamentally think that people and companies will find success the more that they stand in their own light because you're never going to be as successful as that other person, especially if you're just trying to emulate what they're doing. So I'm sort of intrigued to see personally, like how they start to release features that distinguish each other. Yeah, they have been like just copy. It seems like copycatting everything TikTok's doing. But even then, like I think about Instagram release reels, which is kind of a knockoff of TikTok videos, but it's still so different. Like, of course, there are people that are, you know, reposting the same content they're posting on TikTok, which we already know doesn't work well. But like the Instagram real aesthetic is so different than the TikTok aesthetic. The Instagram reels, they're still aspirational and like super aesthetic and not super raw at all, where TikTok is like, I'm going to show you what I truly look like when I wake up in the morning and we are no BS here. Like this is like the real version of me. So I don't know, I still feel like with each, you know, new feature that they're rolling out, I still think that there is like inherently a different type of content and look and feel with each of them. Yeah, I also think to your point too, I feel like each platform is going to start to like carve out their own demographics that are slightly different from each other. Elon Musk and all that, like Twitter is starting to, you know, naturally gravitate certain people, you know, 
some like more OGs might be like lingering on to Instagram and just sort of like, no, I'm loyal, never go anywhere else. And maybe they're intimidated by TikTok because part of what I personally love about TikTok when we're creating content is the editor is so good. It's just very intuitive. And you feel like you're almost like in like an Adobe Premiere or something, Mm -hmm. but you're like on an iPhone app. So that's so cool. But then the audiences are very different. I find like the audience on TikTok feels to me more similar actually to a YouTube audience than an Instagram audience. Like they feel like so loyal to the people that they're following and like very vocal. And so that's interesting too. And it's just different strokes for different folks. (laughs) You know, I I honestly think like with TikTok blowing up the way it has, it's really kind of lowered the engagement that you're seeing across Instagram all in all. Like, would you agree with that? I would. I've seen that on Instagram. I don't necessarily know what to attribute it to, but there's only so much time that a person can devote to being on social media and you start to sort of have your favorite platforms. And if you're on TikTok all the time, you're just not going to be on Instagram. So it's interesting to see also like creators who maybe started out on Instagram, if they're taking the plunge to go elsewhere and explore other platforms in any significant way. Because if they can, and if they have the bandwidth or if they hire help to be able to, there's just so many more audiences members that they can tap into. But as we know, like it's so much work, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I mean, TikTok is just so much work in its own. I I feel for all those social media managers out there that are managing like five different platforms for a brand. I'm like, kudos to you. Uh, I just don't know how you do it and continue to come up with new content, edit in, you know, five different apps and get everything out successfully. I give you all the kudos. (laughs) All the kudos for sure. So speaking of, you know, people who are like looking up to others, I know that many women listening to this podcast are also just like aspiring to work in this industry. We're we're in a unique space where sure, we get some content creators and shout out to those of you who are listening right now, but we also get a lot of just industry professionals or young women who are just graduating from schools like UCF, you know, or are even in other industries and are like, oh my God, like how do I break in? So how would you suggest that those people get started in influencer marketing? I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's first important to figure out, you know, what area of the business that you're interested in, because there's not just like, oh, I want to be an influencer marketing. And there's so many different, you know, roles within this industry. So of course I would say, you know, do your research, see like if you're interested in being a talent manager, if you're interested in, you know, working at an agency, or if you want to be brand side, or if you, like, there's just so many different, you know, segments of the industry. So I'd first do your research on that and figure out the avenue that you think you want to go. But then I would say like, get an internship, start wherever you can and get an internship in any part of the industry and figure out, you know, if that's that's the, the part of the industry that you like. For me, I jumped around quite a bit. I would say I I did sales in within the industry. Then I did more PR within the industry. Uh, and then I went into campaign management. I went brand side because I really wanted to get like experience in every segment to see, you know, which one I feel like that I thrive the most on. So I would say 
don't be scared to kind of jump around and figure out what, you know, role works best for you. I would say, you know, just find an internship within the industry and start there. And then any, you know, knowledge and experience that you get will only just be continue like the building blocks of your career. So just get an internship wherever you can or shadow someone, join a great networking group like WIM, or you can connect with other women easily. Ask questions. Don't be scared. No questions are stupid. Everyone wants to help you succeed. So I like Klarna always says, start small and learn fast. Uh, And that's kind of like the motto that I've adapted as well. I love that so much. That's such good advice. I don't even have anything to add. (laughs) That's really good. That's great advice. Um, So thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on today. It's been really nice just getting to know you better and like having you be part of the show. Again, I think what Klarna is doing is like magic, honestly. Like I think it's so cool that... They feel so fresh for what they do. And like launching this creator platform, I think is brilliant. And I'm just personally excited to see like what you guys do in terms of influencer marketing. I'll definitely be keeping an eye. So um, for anyone listening though, who wants to learn more, maybe get involved or just like reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, You can easily email me at taylor.kaplan at klarna.com or just go to creator.klarna.com and check out our platform and, you know, see if you want to sign up as a brand or as a creator. I don't really think I got a whole lot of time to talk about what like the great stuff that's on the merchant side, but there are amazing tools for brands on there as well. Um, So definitely recommend, you know, checking it out, watching our video demo. Yeah. And just getting into contact with me if you have any questions. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor. And please reach out to her. She's such a great resource and we will see you guys next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, we gotta have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.